able to like get enough though, Hannah? Like yeah. from okay. Oh yeah, I'm good. Here. Put this down so it can be kinda sick. Thanks for letting us take over the Instagram. This has been so fun. Is that, is that a good angle? Okay, yeah. Can you refresh? Refresh yeah. What part? And then how do I refresh this? Do I just oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Sorry. Do I just close it and open it? Uh, no, it's this guy right here. Oh, uh, and Ooh, uh, it's cold in here. And then, you, during the show, is it okay if I take my phone and yeah. take pictures from that side? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll give it to you now, actually, okay. so that we're not worrying Sorry, about so it. No, yeah. It's way better than when it's really hot. Yeah, yeah. What? I'm literally okay. just a baby. There's, like, no middle ground in this room. Yeah. Everything's good to go, right? I'll let you control today. He wants us to play the story. Yeah. As people all around the world celebrate international. How do I restart that? You just click, click out of it and then it should. Happy Wednesday and welcome to From Where We Are, stories of news and culture through the lens of USC and Southern California. I'm Hannah Boalhodge coming to you live from Studio B in USC's Annenberg Media Center. And I'm Jeremy Cole. It's Wednesday, March 8th. And on today's show, Adidas trying to find a way to get rid of all that extra inventory. We have a special new segment starting today a brand new radio series on some remarkable members of the media and entertainment industry. And finally, today's International Women's Day. Find out how the USC community celebrated. Stick around because there's all that and more on From, From Where, Where We, we are. are. But before we get into that, what's going on, Issa? Welcome to the studio today. It's nice to have you as always. Hi there. Thank what you news, for uh, What news do you have for us today? Well, Jeremy, thank you for asking. So is more violence on the cusp in Eastern Europe? That's a question on a lot of people's minds. Um, citizens of the country of Georgia just wrapped up its second day of protests where police have begun to retaliate by shooting water cannons and throwing tear gas at protesters. Yeah. Can you believe that? Yeah. Man. The protest began after the Georgian government announced it would classify non-government and media groups as foreign agents if they received more than 20% of their funds from abroad. This law has been used in Russia and is considered to diminish the freedom of the press. That's dangerous whenever that freedom gets restricted. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Especially as journalists. Yeah. Concerning. Yeah. The Department of Justice has said that the Louisville Metro Police Department violated several civil rights civil rights laws in the shooting death of Breonna Taylor. The investigation followed the killing of the 26-year-old during a raid at her apartment in March of 2020. She was hit with six bullets. The report concluded that the LMPD used excessive force, used invalid search warrants, and discriminated against black people in its enforcement activities. Attorney General Merrick Garland said, this conduct is unacceptable, it is heartbreaking definitely is heartbreaking but at least however many years later they can finally admit it mm -hmm. three girl three high school girls were attacked earlier this week at Burbank High School by a 22 year old man that's just down the street from us right. yeah. really 
Uh, the man found his way into the school through an unlocked door in the student parking lot. He then hid in the girls' bathroom where he sexually assaulted the three girls before being caught by school officials. He was later arrested on charges of kidnapping and sexual assault. That's scary. A lot of scary things going on in the news today. For sure. (laughs) USC announced another scary thing. Uh, It will raise its tuition by 5% for the 2023-2024 school year. Uh, Last year, USC also raised its tuition by 5%. And the increase doesn't include things like dining, housing, or textbooks. So us students are left wondering, where does it go? (laughs) And that'll push up the cost of attendance to ninety one thousand dollars. Yeah, that, that's Man, ridiculous. I don't even know how much money that looks <laughs> and like. And I you leave know? that up to my insane, parents. Insane. <laughs> and then, lastly, button up Trojans. We like to talk about weather on here, but it's about to get chilly. Another storm is about to hit the state. After a two-week period of treacherous weather in February, Californians will need to prepare for a new storm that will be slightly warmer, but will bring lots of snow. 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 In California. In LA. LA. (laughs) And flooding. And the wind. The wind will be the real problem with gusts up to, get this, 50 miles per hour that could blow down trees and power lines. So be careful when riding your bike. (laughs) The storm is set to arrive in the form of an atmospheric river, which is extremely moist and common to the West Coast and will begin tomorrow and will unfortunately last into the weekend. So stay safe out there, everyone. Yeah, yeah. especially if you're traveling for spring break. Oh, spring mm-hmm. break, yeah, be safe. But that's all in the headlines today. Back back to you guys. Thanks, Isa. Yeah, and lovely having you. Happy International Women's Day. Today, March 8th, marks one of the most important days of the year to celebrate the social, economic, cultural, and political achievements of women all around the world. As Alexa Hernandez-Diaz reports, women within the USC community are coming together to celebrate female artists and rally for gender equality through art. USC is celebrating International Women's Day with a three-part series called Birds of No Nation. It explores the global struggles for women's rights through art and creativity. It's sponsored by USC's Visions and Voices and is taking place today at Doheny Memorial Library. International Women's Day to me means that it is a day where we can all embrace the fact that we are not where we need to be as a collective global society um, in terms of women's equity. And today, here at Visions and Voices, through the Birds of No Nation series, we are highlighting the fact that the global fight for women's rights obviously is not just here in the U.S. It is national, it is global. David Delgado is a Vision and Voices staff member. We are focusing on um, Afghanistan. We have three amazing Afghan uh, artists and activists who, through their work, are highlighting the... um, importance that is the liberation in all forms of women in Afghanistan. In Afghanistan, women often face barriers in accessing health care, higher education, and can even be barred from working. And these Afghan artists highlight the struggles Afghan women face through their paintings, photography, and journalism. USC law student Melanie Abramoff is also participating. She's standing in front of a bland canvas getting ready to paint. 
She says she's inspired by the Afghan artists and plans to paint something that celebrates women's accomplishments. Unfortunately, women are still oppressed and we are very thankful and lucky to live in a country where we are not secondary in the same way that uh, women are considered secondary in other parts of the world. Uh, so it's very important to lift up artists who are women, business people who are women, and people who identify as women or were raised as women. So that way we can see different diverse opinions and understand the complexities of what it is to be raised as a woman. Sophie Lazanska is a librarian at Doheny. It's, there's a reason why this is International Women's Day. So this event is, uh, is uh, our gesture, the library's gesture and Vision and Voices program's gesture of solidarity with the women of Afghanistan. She explains the importance of all works being showcased today. The Taliban takeover ruined lives, the lives of many Afghans, but particularly of women. And uh, it, it happened over a year ago, and we st start forgetting about this. So many other things internationally have happened. But these women need us. Uh, we need to remember about them and give them as much support as we can. And that's what USC student Tamara Margarayan was doing. She was participating at the event, and she reminds us why it's important to appreciate the women around us. Um, it just means taking a moment to talk to the women in your life that you appreciate. Um, maybe your mom, your friends, sisters, and just kind of appreciate how all of them influence you and how they make your life better. Um, and just kind of take a day to dedicated to the people you love. For Annenberg Media, I am Alexa Hernandez-Diaz. Watching the rest of the series at Doheny Library, room 240, until the end of today. In light of International Women's Day today, around a dozen protesters gathered in front of Tommy Trojan, and as Issa Johnson reports, they were demonstrating against Iran's violent treatment of women. As people all around the world celebrate International Women's Day, Iranian students come together to show their support for the women in Iran who are still subjected to sexist practices. Today, more than ever, it is important to honor the women who are not granted the same freedoms as their male counterparts. A group of about 15 stood in front of Tommy Trojan today holding signs in solidarity with women who have fallen victim to Iran's violent actions. We spoke with some of the attendees about the significance of the demonstration. Third-year business major Efren Zarat made it clear that he believes everyone should educate themselves about the severity of the gender-related issues going on in Iran. Um, today we are hosting a demonstration to raise awareness for the current um, the, the, the current revolution going on in Iran, which came as a result to um, a lot of the oppression that women have been facing for years. And um, it's, it, um, it, it, it originally came after the I Iranian regime killed a woman for not wearing her hijab correctly. So um, that's, that's how it all started, and today we're spreading the movement. Um, it's important because not only does it go back to Iran, but it goes it, it, it ties into women's rights everywhere um, 
all around the world, so it's something that we should be um, all, all we should all be aware of. I just wish more people overall knew what was going on. Um, not necessarily take action, but as long as they know, I think that's 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 what would mean a lot. Many of the attendees were Iranian themselves and explained how the tragedies have personally affected them. Rahman Atsadi, a graduate student studying healthcare and data science, who has family from Iran, explained how prolonged the violence has been. This demonstration is to just commemorate the past six, you know, five, six months of ongoing suffering in Iran. I mean, no, let me rephrase, more like 44 years of oppression in Iran of uh, apartheid system that's basically racially, uh, racially, ethnically, and specifically gender, you know, sexually designated. So that goes with that. And then moreover, to just, you know, just show the bravery, stand in solidarity with the brave, bravery of Iranian women and all Iranian people in general living under the most evil and ruthless of dictatorship. And my parents um, lost their homeland because of the revolution of 79. Just imagine, you know, you're studying abroad, you're being, you're like studying abroad in Paris and you're a USC student or going to school in LA and all of a sudden there's a revolution and you just can't go home because a bunch of radicals take over, instability ensues. Women in Iran have dealt with unfair practices for decades, including restrictions like entering sporting events, being jailed for singing in public, violence if not covering one's hair properly, and many others. With everyday activities posing a risk to safety, women in Iran are in constant fear of their well-being. Today, we remember brave women like Masa Amini, who have been killed at the hands of the Iranian government. For Annenberg Media, I'm Isa Johnson. Popular shoe brand Adidas parted ways with rapper Ye, formerly known as Kanye West, last October. And now, as Haley Clofus reports, the shoe company is trying to figure out what to do with more than a billion dollars worth of sneakers. Adidas reported losing $540 million in quarter four of 2022, the first loss for the company in 31 years. This drop in revenue comes as a result of the company's decision to break partnership with Ye in October. They broke from the artist, formerly known as Kanye West, in response to his anti-Semitic and anti-Black comments made on social media. The Yeezy line accounted for an estimated 15% of Adidas's net income. The financial strain of the loss of these products has led to a reported new deal between the artist and the sportswear manufacturer. On February 24th, Hypebeast reported that Ye and Adidas had reached a new deal to sell $500 million of the remaining Yeezy sneakers. Some USC students feel that this move is problematic. I saw it as like a real brave act for Adidas to cut ties with them, considering that Kanye has contributed so much revenue to Adidas. But then now that they lost so much money and now they're coming back, I realized that it really was all just performative. So it really makes me kind of um, look down at Adidas. Other students feel that the new partnership is troubling, but it won't affect their decision to buy Adidas or Yeezy products. I think it just goes to show that these companies really promote, you know, being inclusive and just caring about their customers, but in actuality, Everyone is just out for money and I'm not here to say like, oh, don't buy from them because maybe if I like a, a new Yeezy, I might buy it. Like, I'm not going to lie. But at the same time, it's just about, you know, just try to find brands that actually do care about their customers and aren't only worried about, you know, what they can produce for themselves. 
Despite this debate, Jeffrey Hirsch, professor of branding and integrated marketing, thinks that the smartest move for Adidas is right in front of them. I think I think the best case scenario for them is they liquidate the inventory, they give the profits to charity, preferably some um, you know education, anti-Semitism education in, in Germany. After this dilemma, Professor Hirsch sees no future for the shoe line. Yeezy is over. I mean, you know, there's there's no going back to that. You know, the the damage is done, and and Kanye is toxic, and. and and, you know, the, the, they, they can't possibly go on with that. And it can't be easy without Yi. The wisest course for them is to sell it off, donate the money, make a big deal about donating the money, being proactive and positive about it, and, and, and moving on. Regardless of the situation that they're in, Adidas seems like it's in between a rock and a hard place. Reporting for Annenberg Media, I'm Haley Clofus. The District of Columbia passed a new law, one that the U.S. Congress may overturn. And as reporter Sky Lee reports, this has brought up questions of the district's own sovereignty over its own laws. A penal reform law that was approved by the D.C. City Council may be overturned by Congress in a vote today. If overturned, this will be the first time in 30 years Congress has nullified a local D.C. law. This has brought up questions of Washington, D.C. statehood. We spoke to Monica Hopkins, who's the executive director of the American Civil Liberties Union, also known as the ACLU. Her knowledge of the D.C. district presents a problem on how the D.C. legislation is practiced in its jurisdiction. D.C is not a state, is actually one of the only capital cities whose residents cannot vote in the government that actually, you know, represents us. And a lot of people would say, oh, well, it's in the Constitution that D.C. can't be a a state, which is absolutely false. What the Constitution says is that the federal government, the federal seat of government should be no more than 10 square miles. Does not say how small it could be. To the surprise of Democrats, President Biden pledged full support behind the Republican-backed effort to overturn the law. Outrage was imminent from Democrats and members of the ACLU. The Washington branch of the ACLU said President Biden's support to overturn the revised Criminal Code Act undermines D.C.'s fight for statehood and maintaining home rule. The D.C. City Council chair has since tried to withdraw the law from congressional consideration, but to no avail. Monica Hopkins simplifies for us what the people of D.C. are currently dealing with. Imagine living in California. You elected people to a legislative body. That legislative body passes laws, but they are not the final deciders. Final deciders are every other state has elected people, and that body of elected officials that is not yours decide if those laws should be kept or if they should be done away with. Statehood would accomplish two things for D.C., representation in Congress and a government independent from congressional rule. In a city of more than 700,000 residents, there's overwhelming support for statehood. In a 2016 referendum, 86% of D.C. voters were in favor of becoming a state. 
This statehood question has been ongoing for a while now, but this matter has become more prevalent since the discussion of the penal reform that directly affects D.C. For Annenberg Media, I'm Sky Lee. In keeping with International Women's Day, we are excited about our new series, New Genesis, where we profile Black women reporters and executives in the media and entertainment industry. Each guest will discuss their personal journeys, how they got to where they are today, what struggles they faced, and the impact they've had in their fields. The series host, Nia Cross, spoke with KCAL 9 news reporter and Annenberg media coach, Candace Crone, in the first episode of the series. Welcome to New Genesis. I'm your host, Nia Cross. New Genesis is an audio series about the Black woman reporter experience. My primary focus for this series is to spotlight Black woman reporters, and I will also spotlight executives in the media and entertainment industry. We will discuss how each guest got to where they are today, so let's hop straight into what I call New Genesis, which is the beginning of each individual story. Yeah, well, you have to check your emotions in, you know, at the door um, because the story is about something bigger than you. And so that's Candace Crone. She's a reporter for CBS 2 KCAL 9 News and a video coach for students at USC Annenberg. Today, we will talk with her about why she wanted to pursue a career in journalism. And then how do you cover an event like the death of NBA legend Kobe Bryant? and the importance of representation on TV. I feel like falling in love, falling in love. We'll also hear the special meaning of Beyonce's cuff it in Candace's life at the moment. Since this is New Genesis, all about beginnings, so let's start with how Candace's story began. Growing up, um, we watched a lot of news in my house. It was always on, especially dinner time. So, um, it would be, you know, the TV would be on the local news or the evening news national. And so um, it was just sort of a conversation piece. You know, it was that current events and, and what's going on in not only the neighborhood, but in the world was, you know, very important focus in my family. So um, and just being surrounded by it, that's how I knew I wanted to do something important. I wanted to um be able to tell stories and to give information to the public that was needed, that was important. Um, and so that responsibility, I, I sort of gravitated to. I'm thinking of the late, great PBS journalist Gwen Eiffel. She covered history and made history. Gwen once said when asked about other little brown girls watching her on TV that it always stopped her in her tracks because as long as she could remember, there was someone on the other side of the camera who was watching her with expectation, and Gwen Eiffel knew that this experience could shape what they do next. So she said, I have to take what I do seriously every single day. And her statement reminds me of all Black women reporters. I asked Candace, has she had a similar experience? You know, to that point, representation is important, right? It's important to see people that look like you, that come from a similar background or experience that are relatable because it gives you hope. It gives you um, drive and and um, sort of an example, you know, to look forward to and, and to have that inspiration and motivation. So that's very important. And that also, with that comes, you know, responsibility for myself 
I don't take it lightly that there are other little brown girls, you know, just like me who um, want to be a reporter or who have dreams or who, you know, watching me that gives them inspiration or encouragement. And so I certainly don't take that lightly and look at that as a duty to do my best, to be my best, to set an example, um, to give back, to mentor Mm -hmm. and to help guide the next generation of journalists and to, you know, that's our future. Speaking of the future, remember when I said that this song holds a lot of meaning to Candace? Well, she's getting married in roughly two weeks. So the song Cuff It is her current mood because she's falling in love. We love to see it. Huge congrats to Candace and her fiance. And that's a wrap for our first episode. Stay tuned in for more of New Genesis. That was New Genesis host Nia Cross for Annenberg Media talking with KCAL's Candice Crone. Make sure to tune into From Where We Are Weekly for the latest episodes. And that's all we have time for on today's From Where We Are. This show was produced by Guilherme Guerrero, Spencer Klein, and Issa Johnson. Derek Renfro composed our theme music, Spencer Klein directed. Tony Fajado is our live stream manager. And thank you to our technical director, Sebastian Grubaugh, our digital producer, Graham Clark, and our wonderful coach, Tina Rubio. Be sure to check us out on YouTube at Annenberg Radio News and on Spotify. From all of us at Annenberg Radio, wherever you are, we hope you'll join us again for From From Where Where We We Are. Are.